For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Saturday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating tonight? If this is your first time here, welcome. My show is all about celebrating. Celebrating life, celebrating art, celebrating whatever it is that we can find to celebrate these days. And there is a lot to celebrate. I'm celebrating the fact that today we surpassed 2,000 subscribers on this channel. So I'd like to thank everyone who contributed to that. That includes all of the artists who have been on this show and all of my audience members who come back night after night to watch these shows. My show is about celebrating artists and their body of worth. And boy, do we have a great artist that we're going to be celebrating tonight. I am so excited that we're going to be celebrating Andrea McArdle. I have been a fan of Andrea McArdle since I first saw, became aware of her growing up in Conway, South Carolina. Now, those of you who have seen my shows in the past, you know this story. But for those of you who are here for the first time, I'll give you a little bit of history about myself. Uh, I grew up uh, in a tobacco farm uh, in South Carolina, and I grew up loving uh, these variety shows and specials. Uh, and around 1977, there was a Christmas special uh, celebrating this brand new musical that was opening on Broadway uh, called Annie. And of course it was based on the comic strip of Little Orphan Annie. And this little girl uh, who was around my age, uh, give or take a year, uh, was opening in this show and what a voice. I mean, she had uh, the powerhouse of Ethel Merman and Judy Garland and every great seasoned actress that you could possibly imagine all rolled into one. And there she was opening in this great big Broadway musical. And it was exciting to see her. And she was sharing a stage, of course, with the incredible Dorothy Loudon and so many incredible artists. Well, tonight we are gonna be celebrating uh, Andrea McArdle and the 45th anniversary of Annie uh, on Broadway. Andrea, will be appearing at Feinstein's 54 Below uh, next week. Uh, I am going to be there, God willing, and I hope that uh, all of you who are seeing this show will be there as well. Now, some of you, I know this show is broadcast around the world. Uh, a lot of you may be thinking, well, I don't live in New York. How can I get to see Andrea McArdle at Feinstein's 54 Below? Well, you're in uh, for a treat because the show will be uh, streaming live uh, around the world as well. So we'll tell you a little bit later on how you can do that. But before we begin, I'd like to give you our little tribute to Andrea McArdle. Uh, here she is uh, in all her glory. Andrea, this is for you.
Andrea, you are always worth celebrating. Wow, what a what a celebration that was. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> well, I have to give credit where it's due. That uh, that was put together by Jarrett Morley, who does these incredible montages for our show before we start. And I want to tell everyone what a trooper you are. Because uh, as everyone can see, you were in your car, uh, you were in your house, and that's why I was doing this extended introduction, because I was watching in the wings, you were having trouble getting on, and then I was- With halos and clips and lights, and, and that's why I'm in the car, because we are dismantling my dad's beautiful house in, in Southerton, Pennsylvania, and so I realized when I came here, because I have my four-year-old granddaughter- who is ruling, you know, she just lets me live there. So, you know, seven o'clock on a Saturday night, I am quite certain that something Disney and animated is on in my house. <laughs> and I forgot that there is no Wi-Fi in the house. Oh, well, God bless you. Savvy, I am not. <laughs> well, you are a real trooper for being here tonight. And I, first of all, I want to offer condolences about the recent passing of your father. And uh... actually my dad, it was looking scary. My dad is a-okay. Oh, he, he's, he's a, he's, He's a tough old Irishman, so we, he just went into assisted living, but it looked oh, like no, he he's not... Thank God he's still with us. He y is yes. good. No. We always say he's too mean to die. <laughs> no, he's good. not mean. <laughs> a good, a hearty Irishman there. So, uh, I, you know, I begin my shows with a random question, and I'm going to start with a random question tonight. I like to think of this more as a conversation than, uh, and then you did this, and then you did that. Uh, and the random question that I have tonight is, What's your fam uh, favorite family tradition? And that's a great way to start tonight. Our family traditions. Well, my mom, who's no longer with us, was like the Martha Stewart of the holidays. So all of our holidays are very elaborate and we have a lot of pomp and circumstance, you know. Uh, so since my mom is gone, we realize that none of us know how to do a holiday. <laughs> but... Um, but as far as traditions go, I mean, I not one stands out. Uh, but we were we were very much about tradition as far as like you know a typical Philly family. We'd go down to South Jersey every summer and and um, you know go see the Liberty Bell once a year. So these are the Philly traditions. But I a few years ago I moved back and um, so I was in New York for forty five years. But it does feel good, you know, when you kind of go back home and and um, you know full circle a lot of chapters have been closed in my life so it does feel good to be back you know where where my roots were well does it i mean right now and I, and i was looking through your facebook page and everything that we are celebrating you are especially you're celebrating uh and i can't believe it uh and we all think about this 45 years ago uh with annie uh and uh looking back on this i mean it, it, it just, it, it's mind boggling that it's been 45 years and it's it so much a part of our consciousness. It is. And I looked uh, recently cleaning up my, my parents' house. Um, I looked and I saw my old SAG card, my Screen Actors Guild card from 1972. So I think I'll be personally celebrating 50 years this year, which is ridiculous. Amazing. And when, by the time that Annie came along, however, and uh, many people, you know, and the reason, you know, when we put this montage together, um, 
originally, and I'll, and Jared, I'm sure will not mind my saying this. It started, the original montage that he put together had you singing tomorrow. And I said, no, I want to show that there's so much more to her career. Than well, thank Annie. you for that. Uh, yes. refreshing. <laughs> yes, because there is so much more. You were already a seasoned professional by the time Annie came along. You had done all these commercials and you'd been on Search for Tomorrow. And but then, no theater. Uh, no theater. Uh, no. But you had done a lot of television work. Uh, yes. And then your mom hears that there's holding auditions and uh, you go in and you wow them with Johnny one note and uh, go ahead. And no, I, and I didn't find this out until 20, 20 years later. And I heard Martin Charney telling this to someone else, but I was the very first child that they ever saw that they ever saw for this production. Isn't that crazy? It they is crazy. never considered me for Annie. I was not considered for Annie. I didn't get Annie. I was the toughest orphan because it was kind of like the seven dwarfs, you know, the whiniest, the littlest, uh, the toughest. And so I was the toughest. They got names later, Pepper. And it was two weeks after we opened. They realized they, realized they made a mistake in the casting and not a matter of talent because Kristen Bygrode, who was the original, original, it was the most beautiful. She's everything... She was everything I wasn't. She was the kind of girl that I sweated and I wanted to be. That beautiful, you know, coloratura voice and soft. And they realized, basically, it's it's a good analogy. They realized they hired Oliver when they needed the Artful Dodger. So, enter me. And literally, it was one of the last shows done without microphones. So, you really... A lot of the reason why I got the job, too, is you could hear me at the back of the theater. I mean, you don't, you don't arrive... Uh, no, you know, knowing the art of projection, but you sure do learn fast when you don't have a body mic. And so for me, when they went to body mics, I, it was the most, I got odd just thinking of it. I, I just, I, it, it was very hard to get adjusted to because for like two years I was holding back. And when you hold back, it sounds held back. You know, it's not, you don't, you're just, it's almost like marking because I was, I was too, it was too much. It was too full throttle. So once, you know, if you can sing in the middle of the note, which I pride myself on, find the middle of that note and they can they can ride you and they can that's what sound design is. So and and not I'm not gonna get any bravos for my camera work. I'm so sorry. No, well, you're doing absolutely fine. But you started out at actually one of my favorite theaters on the planet, and that's the Good Speed Opera House. And why yes. I still love about the Good Speed Opera House is the nurturing that goes on in terms of how a show is put together there. Um, even now, they have one of the longest rehearsal and preparation times uh, in musicals that you get anywhere in the country. Uh, so what are your memories of that preparation uh, leading up to opening night at the Goodspeed Opera House? Well, our opening night was the most dismal uh, we had a huge hurricane. The show was three and a half hours long and it wasn't Les Miserables <laughs> and it wasn't meant to be three and a half hours long. Um, the facade of the orphanage fell and missed our conductor, Lynn Craig, the wonderful Lynn Craig, missed him by a few inches, fell flat, <laughs> flat down on its face. Uh, we were renting a house in Bation Lake and a tree fell through the Eden, Eden kitchen. So had we been in there, I wouldn't be speaking with you now. It was it was so crazy. But what I do remember is it, it goes far beyond the Goodspeed Theater. It's 
it's the whole area. The whole area is golden. And every single person, every fiber and every bit of constitution of these people makes these musicals go. They give it that push. And it was such a, I mean, I, I consider them extended family still. That's amazing. That's great. It's true. Going back to this time and you're, you're casting the show, which is exciting for a young child anyway at that time. Uh, and then it must have been a whirlwind uh, when all of a sudden uh, you find out uh, we're making a change. You're now Annie. What was that? What was it like psychologically for you for such a shift to happen for you? You know, I never realized, I, I mean, what, you know, my first question was, was I said, what about Kristen? And so she ended up coming back and under and standing by understudying me the whole Broadway run, which my mother was instrumental in making sure that happened. God bless her. And, That's wonderful. And they were, well, you know what? All the mothers were mothers. And, you know, I think stage mothers get a really bad name when your child is on the stage or when your child is, is, is like, you know, playing competitive hockey, gymnastics, it doesn't matter. Stage mothers get a really bad name. And I've known some, like I've known thousands of incredible stage mothers. Of course, you're going to get a little mama rose in there, but we're in the entertainment business. And quite frankly, I totally enjoy them because <laughs> yeah, they're not my mother. But really, it, that 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 was the exception. Most everybody was just like you see anywhere else. Ice skating, you know, that's what I was doing. I was roller skating all afternoon with a four-year-old. <laughs> Uh, and I, I mean, the fact that you're still out there skating and, and I saw you, of course, on Broadway in uh, Starlight Express, you know, so. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you sat through the whole show. I don't know if it was fun to watch, but it was sure fun to be in. Oh, I did sit through the whole show. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I still remember skating. You're skating around. Uh, right Spider-Man uh, of the 80s. Yes, way ahead of its time. I want to mention several people uh, that... Uh, uh, and I want to ask uh, your memories of what they uh, meant to you, both uh, in as far as mentoring, um, what they did for you artistically, and what they uh, brought into your life um, on a human level beyond the theater. And let's start, of course, with Mike Nichols. Wow. I was just looking at a, a picture of the day the day that for this 45th anniversary, I was I was compiling some of those great old uh, Martha Swope uh, black and white photos. Mm. And it was from the day we recorded the album. And he had given me because I said, everybody's taking my picture. And I because I, I asked one of the one of the guys, I said, can I can I take a picture of you? And he was like, I don't have time, kid. So the next day, Mike Nichols shows up with a really fancy Canon camera for me. So I have no recollection of the creative like portions of the album it was all about the camera that mike nichols gave me a typical 13 year old kid and um that's all i was doing was taking all these photos and and i think i did tomorrow once but you know when you do the album i was never happy with the way i sounded on the album i was my voice was so ragged and so tired even on those young chords i felt like i felt like there was a warble like from somebody who's over 40 because you do eight shows a week. I was going to school, doing the press. We did the Tony Awards, and that was that Monday. Bad timing for for an album, you know, when you when you're singing at the top of your lungs. Um, so I did. I think tomorrow was one take. 
Wow. Well, the rest of us will disagree with you on that. So, <laughs> but but what I remember from Mike Nichols, I never met a brilliant man who spoke such few words. But I have to say, in all honesty, I remember everything he ever said to me, and it wasn't a whole lot, but everything he said. He was always two steps back. I think that's if every musical could have a Mike Nichols in their midst, there would there would be so many shows that would we would see come to fruition and we'd be singing the songs and celebrating those stars because if it weren't for Mike Nichols, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about Annie. I know that. And the creators were so on fire with everything. 32 pages a day of brand new things and they were all good. But if it weren't for Mike, who is not as emotionally attached, then, you know, it, it it wouldn't be the show we know and love today because there was so much going on, the love affair between Daddy Warbucks and Grace and a lot of the political undertones they wanted to rip out of it, which would have made it a very, a child, you know, a, a kid musical. And they were very careful. And I remember, you know, I was always playing carpet jacks in the background. I, I was sitting there for so many conversations and, you know, they were, they were really smart. And even though I was 13, it's not like you're six, seven years old, 13, you're a lot closer to 18 than you are. And, you know, I was an innocent, we were all innocent and dumb and happy in the seventies. But as far as a performer goes, we were all really, really sharp. And the sharpest one of all was little Danielle Brisbois, who lied about her age to get in the show. And, she could sing, dance, and act better than all of us. It was quite it was quite disturbing at first. I was like, whoa, Edgy, you better step it up. She wow, was amazing. That's, but that's... Mike, Mike used to hire me to go out and, and sing. Uh, he used to be really into Arabian horses. And he would just have me come out there because he just wanted to hear tomorrow <laughs> once again. So we'd go out and, you know, be with all these really, really rich people where you can smell the money out there in Arizona or, or Texas. And he was more like an uncle, a dad, you know, like a, like that type of figure. Um, but he was the classiest. Uh, and he was a man of few words. But, man, were those words important. What an amazing, that's that, amazing memories. Uh, Martin Sharnan. Yeah, I mean, talk about it was his blood, sweat, and tears and his guts every fiber of his body. He was sleeping on the floor of his 857th Avenue office. He wore the same jeans and the jean jacket with a clean t-shirt every day and literally no haircut, no anything. He just, he, it was, this was going to go or die. This was a do or die. And when you have somebody like that at the helm, you're, you're in good hands. Um, I don't think there's ever, I, I really don't know of any girl that I can think of that ever had, that ever had a bad experience. Um, I will, I will leave that horrible movie life after tomorrow, which had everybody, but you know, I mean, they, they didn't have our experience. So if you're afraid of, you know, guys in a jock string, guess what? Run, go bye. You know, if you're afraid, I mean, if you can't handle a guy in a jock string, jockstrap then you know what theater is not for the weak mm, absolutely absolutely uh tom Meehan. oh he he was always the guy who we thought was gonna do annie you know like lionel bartley just do annie and and just go home and have a nice life and look at look at what he's done i know um 
I, there aren't many book writers who have the, the finesse and, and the savvy and, and, and the talent of Tom, uh, you know, I, I always wish maybe he could attempt Mac and Maple because just before I die, please give that a great book. <laughs> uh, cause it's one of my favorites, but, um, but he was, he, he was, they all, they were all dads of young girls. Daughter Kate, Tori, Charles's little girl, and of course, Sasha Martin's daughter, who was like, you know, one of us. Um, so it, Tom was, was, they were all lovely, but Tom was the sweetest. He was the sweetest of all. That's wonderful. Uh, one of my favorite people on the planet, uh, Bill Berloni. Well, Billy, Billy wasn't a whole lot older than I was. Um, he was this little skinny kid, clean cut kid from, from that area. And he was, he wanted to go into set design. He was painting sets and he happened to be the guy that was there when Mike Nichols said, here's 20 bucks, go get me a dog at the pound for the show and bring it back tomorrow. So he went and he didn't have enough money. I think it was $25 and he didn't have, he had a dollar or something on him. They almost put Sandy to sleep. So he ran back and he, he stayed there until he got, so he was there in the morning, I think, to get that dog and he got the dog and here we are. Uh, he, we never realized that he was abused by somebody in a blue uniform, whether it was, um, you know, a, like a, a post office guy, a cop, because once the cop put on the blue uniform for our scene, we had to, st I think we stopped for the whole evening. He, the poor thing was so freaked out. So we were the blind leading the blind, but our friendship is so thick and so deep and they all don't turn out like Billy. I, I, none of us know, even though, even those who know him well, what that would be like to, to handle that on a daily basis. And when he's fortunate enough to have all these things, it's his, it's his wonderful wife, Dorothy, who's manning all the fort and doing, you know, oh my God, one God day she's her. feeding a llama and then peacocks and everything. I mean, you know, it is her monkey and it is her circus. So they are, they are the most amazing people and they are the nicest people that you will ever meet. They're darting they sure the whole show. They just are, aren't they? They are just absolutely the best. And I want to go in another direction right now because I mean, this year we are celebrating and I know that we've got a, a few fans here and they said, you have to ask about this. Uh, but this year is the 100th birthday of Judy Garland. And there have been a lot of movies and a lot of people have played Judy. You were the first to play Judy. Uh, when that came your way, uh, Rainbow by Christopher Finch, uh, one of the first books that uh, I had about Judy. Uh, when I thought that, it was a beautiful book. Uh, yes, gorgeous. I mean, I mean, tough, but, but raw, real. But when this opportunity came your way... Um, did you feel intimidated uh, to uh, step into those? Uh, Richard, dudes? I was so green that I didn't know to say no, because if I knew better, I I wouldn't have said yes. I, because the the sad thing for me was, first of all, you know, I mean, they should have put out a CD. They didn't do any of those things then. It, it was it was like an in between, kind of in limbo time, you know before technology. I mean, we had the first Betamax in the neighborhood. We were like, we were really, you know, hotsy totsy because we had the Betamax because I was on Merv Griffin and all those shows every other day. <laughs> so to tape them and, uh, but uh, I'm sorry, my ADD, 
I lost the question. There, there literally was a squirrel running across there. No, that's quite all right. No, but uh, about, uh, you know, uh, if you felt intimidated uh, stepping into those shoes is Judy Garland. Yeah. And I think Sam Cohn at ICM was my agent at the time. He's like, you can do it. It's no problem. And I'm like, okay. I was just agreeable. And I was like, great. And it was a wonderful experience, except for the fact Jackie Cooper thought I had a tragic childhood like he did. And it couldn't have been further from the truth. And once he saw something different, he did the most juvenile thing. He turned on me and it became this passive aggressive thing. Not only in hindsight did I really like gather how how disturbing that really was. He would say, look at that spot on the wall. And I'd look there, he'd go, we got the shot. And he gave all the dignity and all the respect that I got in theater which was why I loved it. In TV, they always have a wrangler watching you and somebody checking on you. I loved being by myself, you know, in the theater, your parents weren't allowed in. And I was like, theater's for me because once you get behind the door, you're also responsible for your actions, for yourself. And that that turned me on, even at that age, it was freedom. I mean, the only other freedom I had was my Schwinn bicycle at that point. So I thought, wow, you're letting me play with these big people. And I loved it. All of us kids loved it. And I want to, I had a conversation about you. Uh, well, first of all, before I uh, came live tonight, uh, I have a, a dear friend who's coming over tomorrow for uh, brunch. And he said to say hello to you. Uh, he could not be here tonight. He was going to stop in and surprise you tonight on the show. And that's Leroy Reams. And he, Leroy. Guess, and he said oh. that you traipsed through Turkey together. Uh, oh, and. Did. Yes, we uh, did was... at, with Bob and Leroy and my husband Ed and myself. We had the best time. I mean, they are they're both like hostess with the mostest. We had they know how to party, they know how to travel, they know how to live. And you know, such gentlemen. Uh, we had we had a ball, but I do remember we were singing in front of the president of Turkey, and of course, me, I just don't have a filter. Why don't I just think it before I say it? And the president of Turkey was having taken a really good nap. So, <laughs> and I noticed that like the center button of his shirt was like popped open. So I was like, oh, wow, this, this is easy. But I was like, uh, but he's the president. So I come out there and even before thinking or having that filter, I look at Leroy. I said, oh, my God, Leroy. I said, was it something we said? And he was like, I'll kill you. <laughs> I'll kill you with my last bullet, McCarl. But we had we had fun. And years ago, we were with William Morris together, and they hired Lee. I hired Leroy to choreograph my first act. So we go so far back, so so far back. And uh, talk about somebody who's who's still got it. Oh, he's, he's still got it. Still got it. But I was having a conversation with uh, Jerry Herman. And we were talking about you. This was a few years ago, obviously, because I had just seen you uh, brilliantly in Hello, Dolly. And I had the good pleasure of seeing you both as Dolly and as Mame. You know, two iconic roles. I saw you in both. Uh, but you all uh, also had the good pleasure. And someone wanted me to ask you this question. Uh, you did Jerry's Girls, of course, with Carol and uh, Leslie Uggams. Um, and uh, and I know you talk about this in your show. Uh, Carol gave you some great advice. And those who have seen your show know this, but if you could share that great advice tonight. Yes. I mean, with Carol, you know, the funny story that I, that I usually tell, that's, that's a money story. But 
besides what I learned from her, what to do in the theater, her, her major impact on me was everything else as, as a woman. She was, I kind of, if I had like somebody that I really looked up to as far as like an old actress, it would be Katherine Hepburn for sure. And I always, I always felt um, like a kindred spirit because I'm not a girly girl. I've got that grit and I'm tough, but I love to dress up and I, I love a sequin gown with a sheared back. And, you know, I love all that, but I, Catherine Hepburn and Carol Channing, they were handsome women. They, they weren't silly. They weren't too feminine. They had just enough of that, in, in my opinion, to play with the boys and, you know, keep the girls happy but they could play with the boys and hang with that. And I think that was that, that universal appeal. She taught me so much how to dress, what not to do. I'm sorry, I'm not in nautical because she knew every trick in the book, how to shade your nose, how to do, I mean, she knew everything. And I was just, I, she just, she floated my boat in every way. She, I, she fascinated me. And, um, but the funny story that I tell is she heard me talking to the ensemble girls in Jerry's Girls saying, they were like, you must be so sick of that song tomorrow. And I said, if I ever hear it again, it will be way too soon. And, um, you know, what did I know? I was 20 years old. And um, and more than anything, I was I was embarrassed by by the hugeness of it. And it, it was hard for me to get my head around when you're adolescing. This was like the end, the culmination of adolescence. And when she said this to me, I remember calling my mother and saying, I finally made peace with tomorrow. I love it now. Bye. And so what she said to me was, well, you know, Andre, you're talking so terrible about the song tomorrow. My Carol's terrible today. I, <laughs> you're fine. Hey, please. <laughs> please leave your comments for later. And, um, but you know, it's just so poor. Leslie's been waiting for a signature song her whole life. And, you know, you just get this the first time out in your career. And it's just, it's your signature song. And when she said signature song, something, you know, hit me. And I went, you have your own song, Andrea. That's your song. And when she said that, I had an epiphany. And I was just so happy. And gone were the days of, don't talk about, the, we used to call it the tea song in my house because I didn't even want the word tomorrow says. But oh, those pesky adolescents. <laughs> you also tell this story that Barbara Streisand came backstage to ask, you know, permission to do the song? Yes. She came backstage and it was a Saturday matinee. And Tom Meehan was the one who said, Phyllis, my mom was Phyllis. Phyllis, get up here really quickly. Barbara Streisand's coming backstage. She's going to ask Andrea to have permission to record her song. So my mother runs up and we're meeting her afterwards. And she came and said, so she's like, I have to, I'm going to ask you if, if to sing your song. And I, I was like, oh God. And so then all of a sudden I said, I was raised on Barbara Streisand. I'm the greatest star, all the songs from Funny Girl. And so I went over and apologized. And I said, I am so sorry. I said, I had no idea we were supposed to do this. I said, I've been singing your songs for like eight years now. She <laughs> so, was like, you're okay. It's all right. Well I, you know, I, I, I do, I want to celebrate you and I've got a couple of surprises for you. Okay. Okay. So first of all, you are loved around the world and I've got a, I've got a message from Australia here for you. Really? So, yes. So here it is. Hi, Andrea. 
Darren Wagner from Sydney, coming to you from Sydney, Australia today. Just wanted to wish you all the very best in such an illustrious career. Um, your early work really inspired me in theater, which I've carried that passion through into my mental health work here in Australia, um, supporting those with mental health challenges, as well as our performing artists who's been doing it tough the past few years. But I just wanted to wish you all the very best from the other side of the pond and happy 45th to Annie and cast crew and everyone there this, this, after, this evening. That was so lovely. Isn't that nice? And I've got another one for you. I've got a couple here. Here's another. Hi, Andrea. It's Colin Sheehan here. I'm hosting an event in Connecticut tonight. I wish I could be there with you, but you know how much I love you. From me listening to you in Annie and wanting to be that girl in the red dress coming down the staircase or the Our Family Vacation Cruises or singing at my birthday party at the Zipper Factory or the Les Mis closing night on Broadway performance in 2003. I love you so much. I hope all is well. I can't wait to see you soon. And keep doing your thing, girlfriend. Mwah. And I, I have, love that. I oh, love great. Colin Sheehan. I do too. And I've got another for you. Here is, well, this is a nice surprise. Hey, Andrea, it's me, Rachel. And I'm here with Maxwell. I guess you could say he's my Sandy for the day. I'm so happy that you're being celebrated and that the 45th anniversary is being celebrated. You know how much you mean to me and how much the show means to me. I really think that it kind of made me who I am today and miss you, love you. The whole family misses you and loves you and looking forward to seeing you next weekend at 54 Below. Rachel Schwartz. Yes. I met Rachel when she was a little girl who came on the weekends when I was Belle in Beauty and the Beast. And one day it was really cold and my dad brought them up to my dressing room. I'm like, hello, I'm working here. But my dad was like, they're a little girl. They were cold. So she became a friend. Now she's a colleague and now she's doing so many great things and getting so many awards herself. Now I have a friend of yours and he's here in the studio and I'm about to bring him on. He just had surgery. But he wanted to be here. So uh, here he is, uh, surgery and all, bandaged up, uh, Tom Dangora. Well, hello, Mr. My mother wanted me to come out in a kimono, so we had quite a fight. <laughs> Wait, I saw the pictures of you on Insta and Facebook. And first of all, you've always been dreamy to me. But come on, man. Well, look, when you hang out with someone as gorgeous as Andrea McArdle all the time, you need to up your game. <laughs> Am I right? You look amazing, really. Look amazing. And I'm so happy for you. Do you want to look? I just, my time hop just showed me. Do you see what I was, which, which would I go? What we were doing one year ago right now, we were at your uh, show. Oh, that's we were with you at the green room. Right now, at the green room, where, speaking of anniversary, you saying NYC tomorrow, and ready? Maybe. We died. Yes, well, we have a lot more for this show. And you know what? I realized I've never heard a girl saying something was missing. So I'm, uh, I'm going to do something was missing. Um, we're, we're doing, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hauling out some brand oh, I new stuff. Wait a minute, here. I, I can't match you up. Yeah. 
I might even, and I never got to do You're Never Fully Dressed Without a Smile. It's the only number. So I used to do it in the wings for the poor stagehands every night as if I didn't do enough. So, you know, we, we may be hauling that out with some of my special guests. You could be you Roberta. Know, <laughs> so, Tom, what night are you going to see the show? Maybe every night. I'm crazy like Maybe that. Every night. That's great. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. I'm no Barry Manilow, but I can't wait to I can't wait Speaking to get out there. Of, I keep meaning to tell you, there's a Barry song I need you to sing. I think it's actually a great opener for a future act. So, um, Barry wrote a song called "This Is My Town" about New York, and every time I hear it, even like the arrangement and the key, all I can think is the Princess of Broadway has to sing this. Well, when I worked with Liberace, I used to sing Barry Manilow's stuff up the octave. You did so a twenty-minute. We'll to... Well, you did a twenty-minute medley at the Hilton, 12 right? Twelve-minute Barry Manilow oh, medley. Excuse yes. Me. Excuse me. I was Opening close. with Daybreak and all. Yes, do. all of all As of you it. Do. I'm, As you do. But I'm still so obsessed with Barry Manilow. That's never going to go. We all are. Never will. I know. Because we made it. Richard, you know she starred in musical as well. Oh yes, of course I know. Yes, brilliant. Yes. Oh yes. Now, Mother Teresa, Gaga, the whole bit. She played Mother Teresa. What well, we was Terry, like Annie. <laughs> Terry. Yeah. Terry, wash those feet. So funny. <laughs> you, uh, Andrea, you mentioned earlier Mac and Mabel. Are there other dream roles that are still on your bucket list of roles that you are really dreaming of doing? Uh, Mr. Producer sitting here in the studio. Oh, with I'm us, ready. I mean, I really, really have, since I saw the original, Angela Lansbury in the original, and then Dorothy Loudon many times in the original. Sweeney Todd has always been vocally for, for one of the older roles. That's the top of my bucket list. What about ballroom for you, speaking of Loudon? Wow. Love it. You should do ballroom. All day. All day. Oh, my God. I would, I would literally. They didn't let me play anybody over 40. I mean, being that I was I'm playing Bell City Center like tomorrow. You know? I'm calling City Center. We're doing ballroom with you at Encores. Please. Yeah. You have to. I've Please. never worked at Encores. That's ridiculous because you're the princess of Broadway. Yes, it is. Well, it should happen. I think it's going to happen. If anyone can happen. make it happen, it's Tom. Yes. That's what people like, you know, because we... I'll call we Rob Berman her. and Lear DeBessonet and let's go. <laughs> but we found her as Annie, you know, so that's how we were all blessed enough to discover her. But... What people don't understand is she blossomed into the greatest grand dame that we've ever seen. She's a Bernadette. She's a Patty. She's an Audra. That voice is one of the most iconic sounds in the world. And it, and it just gets stronger with age. You know, post-pandemic, we went, we saw her a year ago tonight at Green Room 42, just saying like, oh, what, you know, what is this steel this steel voice going to be like after a pandemic? Stronger than ever. Stronger than Well, everybody's ever. chords had a nice rest, like too much of a rest. <laughs> but uh, she needs her renaissance because um, Andrea McArdle is a, a Tony waiting to, it's the most overdue Tony in the history of the Tonys. And now she's at a place in her glorious age with that stunning face and that rock and bod that there That's are right. five hundred perfect roles for her and 500 perfect roles yet to be written for her. Can I tell you the one thing about the Tony Awards? They tried to do, you know what they do I now? I knew you were going to tell the, the story. I knew with it. The, with the junior Tony Awards, like 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 the honorary Tony Awards. And they, the, Mike Nichols came right over that day and he said, you're not going to win this award. I said, okay, I didn't care. But he said, you can't be nominated in supporting category because you're the title role. 
but they tried to give that special, like special Tony Award. Nice camera work, Andrea. <laughs> and um, very good camera work. And um, and my dad said, no, she's not a circus actor or, or, you know, it's not, you don't want a junior award. So sometimes now I go, God, that would have been so easy to just say thank you. <laughs> Wow. But wow. you're still you're still the youngest nominee in history in lead ever. That's a long run. Record. That's 45 years. Yes, 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 you still hold that record. Can you but I'm an Andrea McCardle savant. <laughs> <laughs> Stand in line. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, you are so loved. You're uh, around the world. I mean, every you are uh, you are uh as as Tom just said, you are up there. Uh I mean you are so iconic with so many of us uh, and thank you for being here tonight. And uh, with all of the uh, technical issues and everything, you're a trooper. You truly well, you know, showed up to be here and I, I can't be Channing, there next be uh, cheering you on uh, at Feinstein's uh, every, I mean, to be in the audience of uh, any of your shows is always a treat. So this one, I have to say this one, this is the one to come to because I realized why am I holding, why am I keeping the anniversary party out of all of my shows? Because once I did it, like you just, I never thought of doing the other material, you know, from the show. And I, I don't really know why, but it feels so good singing it. They're, they're in keys, not the dogs here, but they're not, they're not dropped very much and they sound <laughs> and feel great. So if you want to get your Annie jam on, get your butt to Feinstein's. Well, Tom, I want to thank you for stopping by. And oh uh, anytime to hang with you two, anytime. Yeah. Thank I you. Am you know, anytime, 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 anytime. Uh, thank and you, give Tom. Give a kiss to your better half. Yes. Oh, he's I like, mean, not uh, better. Oh, he's, he wants. To, he's going to come blow you a kiss real quick. Ready? Uh, come Hi, on, Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Look at those. <laughs> Are you in the car? Yeah. It's so hot. I love it. Don't I love it. it. I, I love it. Scared. She's driving. She's driving around Manhattan while she's doing this. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, she's a, she's an Uber driver on the side. So thank you so much. I love you, Tom. Thanks for being uh, for yeah. coming by. Thank you. Love you, Andrea. Love you too. Thank you. Thank you. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> it was so much fun. So um, every day I pick a word, and the word that I pick today is love because. I love you. I really do. And I love uh, you too. and we're going to do a giveaway tonight. Uh, and uh, the winner will get to pick uh, whatever uh, Andrea McArdle item they want to pick. They will just see me afterwards. And then I will go to Amazon and I will order it and send it to them. Wow. Uh, I end my shows with my homage to James Lipton inside the Actors Studio. Uh -huh. So I have some questions here that I'm going to ask uh, you. And they're just some random questions just for the fun of it. And the first question is, when it comes to your career, what's the biggest single result that you desire to have over the next 12 months? Probably, in all honesty, to become tech savvy enough because I fought this for so long because the more you do old school, and I did a hell of a lot, the harder it is and the more stubborn your brain is. And so... I've known for a long time, but playing a little catch up, what I want in 12 months is to be able to be tech savvy and 
you know, do it all, do what everybody's doing, like the self-promotion. I am the worst self-promoter. I'm like hopeless, but it is an aspect of our business that it's just silly not to. So for me, that's where I want to be. Besides, the answer will always be on Broadway. But if we can't get that in 12 months, I'll be a little more patient. Not much, but a little. You call me and I'll help you with all the tech stuff. I'll, I'll okay. be glad to help you with that. Uh, the next question is, what is the most important action that you feel that you've taken uh, this week besides doing what you did to get on here tonight? What is the biggest action? As far as uh, career, uh, I, I know that you're working on the show and you're prepping for that. So what do you well, feel? Well, actually, actually... Um, I have a very big project that it's something I've never done before. I am collaborating on taking The Lion in Winter, making it into a musical, and to wow. musicalize this brilliant movie, brilliant performances, um, and and to musicalize this and and to be to collaborate on on every aspect of this. So I've never ever done that, and you know when you've been around for. 50 years or 45 in the, the way I've been, you know, there, if, if there's desire, there are budding directors. There are, I mean, if I, if I had better time management and everything, I can direct, I can write, I, you know, you, you're also a good lyric doctor. You're good. I can't take as like nothing and make it into mm -hmm. something, but, but you certainly are very valuable, you know, when, when you're a veteran. And, um, and that's fun. It's so much fun. So that's, that was, that's the biggest action I've taken in this past few weeks is, is uh, digging in and, and, and doing that and, and really, you know, seeing, seeing where we are. And it's, it's going very well. Uh, the, I've never called anyone and asked a favor or for counsel. And when you wait 45 years to do it, Everybody came through for me. and it, it, it was so easy. I was like, wow, I should have done this 30 years ago. Wow. Uh, well, I'm sitting. So that uh, feels really good. Uh, I am sitting uh, positive vibes your way. Um, Thank you. What is the um, highest thing of value that you feel that you have achieved uh, in your career? I mean, personally, a lot of people see uh, the fruits of your labor, but within yourself, what is that one thing that resonates the highest with you? I mean, sustainability, I guess. That's a good one. Yeah. Sustainability. Um, it, it's, it's hard to be around for a decade. It's hard. It's hard to stay, you know, to stay important. And I have to say it's nothing I, I've done. I've done everything wrong in that sense. But because of Annie, it's afforded me. So what? I made seven hundred dollars a week. So what? But look at look at what it's afforded me to be pertinent, to be for people to have that love and affection. You can't put a price on that. You just can't. No, you're absolutely right. You can't. And so I just say thank you, thank you, thank you to the gods above. I really do. Now, besides the theater community. Uh, who do you consider to be your uh, main community or your tribe, if you will? My tribe is my family and extended family. Um, that you know, I don't, I don't have, you know, I don't have a lot of hangers on or anything. I have, I have twenty great friends, and they are great friends. I don't, I don't have tons and tons of friends, but the ones I do have are 
lifers mm-hmm. and I'm the same. And, um, and I feel they're very, they're, you know, the people that aren't your blood are so valuable in your life, just like the people that are. And, um, so I have so many friends and, and many of them, many of them, you know, were my coworkers, uh, from Annie, Shelly Bruce is like my best girl. And literally we were friends before the show started and she never got in for the show because she happened to break her arm and she, wow. she had a full cast on. So my mom made sure that her and her mom came up to good speed and that's where they met her. And little did they know that she was going to be the one replacing me. You know, it's just so crazy. It's but, an interesting business. It's, it, but we've I mean, all championed each other. And Sarah Jessica, the, the most incredible girl and exactly the same as the first day I met her. No different. Wow, no different. that's great. Um, how do you want others to see you, uh, especially after this interview? Um, probably as a 58 and a half year old lady. And of course, I add that half a year on because everyone knows my age so I don't attempt to lie at it, about it and so I like to add that extra little half a year just to let everybody know I'm not scared I'm frightened no I'm November not. 5th <laughs> That's right. um, uh, do you practice gratitude and if so uh, can you name uh, three things that you are very grateful for today and I know one of them is watching uh, uh, probably Disney right now Yes. Um, that would absolutely be um, my daughter, Alexis. And she's so fascinating just as an individual, but to see her, to see her be the mother that I wished I had been, but to be able to live with them and to be the grandmother, it's the mother I wish I could have been because of, you know, time constraints. And the good thing about theater is when she was really little, you're with them all day long. You don't have to go to, mm-hmm. you don't have to go to work till leave five thirty six o'clock. And they're about ready to, you know, go down for the night TV. It's a lot harder, but my daughter would definitely, definitely um, be one. And who gave me Mila and Mila is my total inspiration. And I think it skips a generation. My mom and my daughter are very much alike, but, Miss little Miss Mila, that is Andrea in the flesh. It is, it is, it is, you know, literally she's the energizer bunny. She gets up at six and she is not down, but she sleeps all night. So we all get a good rest. It would definitely be the, those people and, and, and my immediate family. Um, we shared in this whole, um, this whole journey together and it was always like teamwork. So I feel that it, it like happened to all of us and not just me because everybody worked for it. That's amazing. Um, how do you find yourself uh, creating uh, during, um, uh, ha- I mean, during uh, COVID um, it's been a difficult time that we've all gone through. Um, what kept your creative juices going? Uh, Nothing. Nothing. I could kick myself because, you know, we all have those friends and I don't know. I don't, I don't know how many people saw me or, or whatever during COVID. I was one of the funkiest smelling looking, like I looked like everything was upside down, closer to Valjean than anybody I've ever played, (laughs) literally. And, um, and so it, so I wasn't one of those people. I have friends who got in fantastic shape 
I'm so annoyed with them. I didn't do anything. I could have started my book. I could have done so many things. What I did do was enjoy my daughter and granddaughter in a way that I would have never been able to see those first those first two years. I wouldn't have been there like that. I would have been in and out, back and forth. And it was so hard for me to sit down at all in one place because I've never done it since I've been nine years old. So I get really angry with myself because I could have done a whole bunch during COVID. So I did nothing to keep my creative juices. It's called Netflix and Grubhub and DoorDash. Wow. Wow. I am not a hero. I am not a hero in that sense. <laughs> Um, and I think you probably answered this question earlier, but I'm going to ask you for another aspect of this uh, question, since you've already answered one aspect of it. Is there any particular part of this business that you were weak in? And I know that you mentioned the technical aspect of it. Is there another area of this business that you're weak in? Um, I think when you have a huge early success, it's just like with Rocky can you sustain can can you have that hunger can you demand that same never getting below a certain level of excellence you know um that kind of comes to mind okay and uh i'm going to bring up uh, our word of the day it's love and uh you know, what I did for love. And this is my last question that I'm going to ask you. Uh, tell me the top three things that you love about Andrea McArdle. I love that I am loyal to the core unless, unless something happens and then I'll wait my whole life and um, I will forgive, never forget. I am a left-handed Scorpio, by the way. Um, love that I would give you the shirt off my back. I have a generous gene that comes from my mom and dad that um, may be generous to a fault, but I still love that about myself. And that I'm a champion of women. Good for you. God bless you on all of those things. And I'm going to show you how we're going to do this. We're going to give uh, an Andrea McArdle item away. And uh, the winner, just get in touch with me after the show. And uh, I'll let you choose what it is that you'd like. Maybe it's a CD that you don't have. Doug McAllister, who I love. He uh, got one of uh, my Richard Skipper Celebrates mugs and posted a selfie this morning. So you, wow. deserve, you deserve to win tonight. Uh, I'm going to take this off, Doug. Uh, Call me after the show tonight. I'm going to remove this and I want to uh, bring this up here. And I want to thank you so much for being here tonight. I uh, thank am you for putting up with the uh, scenery. Yes, I love it. Uh, don't go anywhere for a moment. Uh, I want to thank you all for showing up tonight. I know that I can speak for Andrea when I say this. We don't take it lightly when you show up. So thank you for spending an hour with us tonight on a Saturday night when you could have been anywhere else. Uh, the fact that you chose to be here means the world to me. Uh, so if this is your first time here, I hope it will not be your last. Please consider subscribing to Richard Skipper Celebrates. After tonight's show, leave a comment on YouTube. Let us know what you think about the show. Share this with your friends because that will raise the ranking of this video. Uh, and uh, I do want to let you all know if you, and the information will be on the YouTube channel, uh, go to Feinstein's 54 Below and see this show. 
Uh, the information will also be in the closing credits. Stick around for and that. And we're actually streaming on Saturday night, which is the first time I, I'm streaming a, a, a cabaret show. This is the I, one you don't want to miss if you want to get your Annie Jam on. I was going to say, if you can't get there live Saturday night, a week from tonight, you'll be able to see it uh, just as you're seeing tonight in the comfort of your own home. So there's no excuse why you can't see this show. Uh, so um, I also end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Uh, love, love, love is the answer tonight. Um, what I'd like you all to do is to reach out and uh, with a phone call, go to your Facebook friends list and reach out to the third name that pops up and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call and let that person know what they mean to you. Uh, I love that idea. It's true. It's true. Um, you know, uh, today, uh, before the show started, some of you may have seen this, um, you know, uh, you know, we've lost a lot of people over the last few months. And, you know, there've been a lot of postings of people passing away and everyone takes that moment to post pictures of themselves with their favorite people that have passed away. And I think, wouldn't it be nice if those pictures could have been posted two weeks before they passed away? So they could have seen the outpouring of love. And don't wait until after these people are gone before you do that. Uh, my dog's barking in agreement. So uh, so everyone, please do so. As my uh, dear friend, Sean Moniger says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. You never know what someone's going through right now. Okay. And I always say, if you're gonna go out in a boat, Make sure you bring a skipper along. Uh, <laughs> Andrea, I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to give you the final word tonight. Anything you want to say about anything we talked about tonight that you want to build upon or anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had or just any final message you want to leave everyone with tonight, don't worry about how to end it because as soon as you say goodbye, the credits will roll. Thank you for being here. I'm such a fan of yours and this has been such an honor for me. Thank you and have a wonderful night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've got the final word. So since the word is love, um, go out and make sure, besides just telling somebody how much they feel about you, how about you go out and do something that you love? I mean, really, really love, whether it's, whether it's skydiving, roller skating, ice skating. I was about to take my granddaughter ice skating a few weeks ago she carried on didn't want to go i pushed and pushed she wants to go every day now do something you love for yourself and then others will follow 